Hello and welcome back to the IDC Tech Talk podcast. Uh, my name is Miles Dawson. I am your host today. Thank you very much for spending your valuable time with us as we continue our exploration of the newest and most exciting tech trends in the market. Today we're going beyond my comfort zone, that's for sure, and pushing into uncharted waters with a new exciting topic, quantum computing. Now, if you, like me, don't know anything about quantum computing, then you'll be delighted to hear that we have an expert with us to help out. So may I please introduce Stefano Perini from the Customer Insights and Analysis team. Hi, Stefano. Hi, Miles. Uh, how are you? Oh, fine, fine. Very fine here. And what about you? Yeah, very good, thanks. Very good. I can't complain. Um, I wonder if you could give our listeners uh, a bit of an overview about your coverage at IDC. Yeah, I'm currently a senior research analyst for the European Customer Insight Analysis team. Our main topic is analyze the markets across verticals, but in my free time, no, just, just kidding. I'm also the co-lead of the IDC European Quantum Computing Launchpad, that is our main reference in Europe for quantum computing market research. Excellent. So on that note, quantum computing then i'd love for you to explain it to me uh, what it is and more importantly why it's potentially so revolutionary yeah actually um, a lot of people is talking about um, quantum computing but uh, uh, let's say that in general quantum computing is uh, the ability and the possibility of uh, a computer to exploit the basic law of quantum mechanics uh, in order to be able to manipulate uh, uh, a large quantity of um, um, computing states at once uh, and to process information on a, on a very large scale. Uh, in order to make this possible, there are uh, two principles that are exploited by uh, quantum computers that are superposition and entanglement. Uh, we have to, I have to anticipate you that uh, uh, in a traditional computer, uh, two bits can in general be just in four possible states, but uh, just uh, in one of them at uh, any time. The difference uh, is that in, in a quantum computer, these two qubits uh, represent the same amount of information, so still four states, but uh, thanks to superposition, these uh, qubits can represent these states uh, all four at the same time. So every time I add uh, a, cube, a bit to my traditional computer, I increase the computing cap capability of uh, the traditional computer, but uh, I don't increase it at the same time. On the other hand, every time I put uh, one new qubit to a quantum computer, I'm uh, exponentially increasing the power of these machines. In other words, if I have n qubits, I, uh, uh, I will be able to manage at the same time two to, to, to the power of n different states of, uh, of the machine. And so be able to potentially uh, explore uh, a large quantity of uh, different uh, solution to the problem that I'm analyzing. However, that was the superposition uh, principle, but uh, this uh, superposition principle uh, would not work if not coupled with the other fundamental principle of quantum computers, that is uh, entanglement. But what does it mean entanglement? It means that uh, uh, in general the quantum state of a pair of, or a group of qubits cannot be described uh, independently of the quantum state of all the other qubits in the system. For example, 
This means that uh, um, every qubit in uh, the given system has a, like a special connection and a special um, interaction with all the other qubits of the system. And so it is impossible to measure uh, the status of uh, a qubit without relating it to the other status of the other qubits in, uh, in the systems. Thanks to the combination of these two uh, basic principles of quantum computing, uh, quantum computers are able to dramatically increase both the power and speed of computations and finally uh, potentially be able to solve problems uh, that uh, were not possible to be solved with uh, traditional machines. Right, so from, from uh, a layperson like myself, it's essentially exponentially increasing the speed and the power of possible computations that you can you can get out of a, a, presumably a similar size box or computer or supercomputer than you would out of a traditional one. Yeah, exactly. And uh, even though uh, the current maturity of quantum computer is not that advanced, uh, that uh, uh, what uh, what the research and and analysts all over the world thinks will uh, will uh, will happen in uh, in the next uh, in the next year. Um, actually, I have to say uh, immediately that uh, to have a real commercial maturity of this uh, technology, we'll have to wait at least uh, five years. Even though some interesting uh, events are happening and have been happening in, in the meanwhile. So it was in January 2019 that IBM launched 20 qubit Q System 1, the first that first commercially available circuit-based quantum computer, and in the same year in October was uh, uh, Google with its Sycamore uh, 54 qubit quantum chip that claimed the achievement of the so-called quantum supremacy, where quantum supremacy is the ability of a quantum computer to uh, overcome, totally overcome the ability of a traditional computer to uh, perform a computation. But uh, however, despite this uh, Google announcement and uh, even the publication of a related article on uh, the very prestigious uh, uh, journal Nature, this result was uh, officially contested by the same IBM. And uh, because IBM said that this calculation can be actually done in 2.5 days uh, on a classical computer, in particular an IBM supercomputer with uh, an improved technique. So there is still kind of a debate on it, but uh, one other thing that I have to say about quantum computer is that uh, actually uh, they're able to address at the moment just a very, very specific and predefined set of, uh, of problems. So uh, honestly, we are still far from the universal quantum computer. So a quantum computer that is uh, able to uh, solve and overcome um, traditional computers on every kind of uh, of calculation, but maybe is not even useful or important to uh, reach to this kind of uh, of machines. But uh, we better talk about case-based quantum supremacy. So the ability of a quantum computer to overcome a traditional machine on a specific algorithm, and so we'll see a quantum computer uh, outperforming a traditional traditional ones. Uh, computation by computation and case by case in the in the years to come. Mm. Well, that's really interesting. So <clears throat> it's so it's obviously clear that quantum computing is a very complex technology, but how are the companies um, faring, the ones who are working on it? What challenges are they facing and uh, how are they uh, planning to address them? 
Yeah, that is a very interesting question. At the moment, we don't have uh, so many companies in general working on quantum computing, but uh, this is really um, a dynamic uh, research and development environment behind. Uh, we can say that uh, currently just a few big companies that are uh, concretely developing quantum computers that are really expensive and complex machines. And uh, there are mainly two types of quantum computers that uh, are being explored and developed at the moment. And uh, these are quantum annealers and circuit-based quantum computers. Quantum annealers actually have, uh, they are more mature than a circuit-based quantum computer, but have some limitation because they are in general able to address just discrete optimization problems. And uh, the main company that is working on uh, this kind of machines uh, is that they're pretty famous in, uh, in the sector D-Wave uh, companies with, uh, with their uh, famous quantum uh, annealers uh, that are dominating that market at, uh, at the moment. On the other hand, uh, I think that circuit-based quantum computers uh, are really the, the ones that are potentially able to achieve the so-called universal, universal quantum supremacy. But uh, at the same time, uh, they are definitely more complex uh, and uh, they're not uh, as mature as they are the, uh, the, the other ones. From a business model perspective, uh, uh, quantum computer is uh, uh, given its extreme fragility and extreme complexity has been developing actually as cloud-based services, where these main companies that I were mentioning before are providing the computing power through the cloud to interested and end user and institution exploring the technology. Of course, we don't have just the hardware part, but also all the software and programming part that is uh, very challenging as well in, uh, in quantum computing, because uh, uh, in order to function, these uh, machines need uh, specific algorithm and specific languages to be implemented. And so many companies are also working on that. I can mention the, the ones that are already working on the hardware part like IBM and Google and Intel, but we have also um, a rich environment of startups like OneQubit, uh, QXBranch, Sanadu and Zapata that are also giving their contribution on the, on the topic. Uh, so it's clear that uh, developing concrete quantum computing business applications is a pretty hard task. But what I'm really interested in is the uh, the use cases and the industries. So which industries do you say are looking into quantum computing at the moment? And what are the kind of use cases they're getting out of it? Yeah, that, that is a very good question. And uh, uh, we try to map the current maturity of uh, quantum computing across uh, industries. You can see on uh, the uh, horizontal axis uh, the use cases maturity. That means uh, um, uh, to what extent uh, some results was reached uh, um, by the different uh, use cases and the, the power and the potential business uh, uh, impact of the application being uh, developed. And on the vertical axis, the innovation uh, ecosystem maturity. That means uh, the number and the uh, strength and uh, efficacy of uh, the different partnership and collaboration that uh, have been established by companies, startups, and universities all over Europe. Uh, in this picture, uh, I think there are five uh, industries uh, that are uh, definitely um, overcoming the, uh, the other, and uh, in particular, manufacturing, and especially the pharma and chemistry sub-industry that uh, 
we can we can consider the front runners of all the quantum computing um, industries at the moment. Then a little bit behind, but still in uh, in the race for the first place, we have the finance, uh, especially the banking uh, sub-industry, then professional services, transportation, and uh, and telecommunication. We identified 17 use cases that uh, uh, are being experimented at the moment in uh, in our continent, and uh, we can see that three at the moment are uh, uh, really providing the first uh, interesting result, uh, even though just from a research perspective uh, uh, for quantum computing. And uh, these are quantum networking that uh, is uh, the use of quantum technology to securely transmit information in telecommunications network, then traffic optimization, so the possibility to uh, use quantum computing to uh, like optimize uh, the search of the best paths um, in, in, complex, uh, uh, in complex environments, and finally robot movement uh, optimization that in a totally automated en uh, environment, like uh, you can imagine in a warehouse or in a shop floor, where many different robots interacting with each other, uh, can be potentially revolutionary to be able to uh, identify movements that not only are efficient, but are also safe for humans. Then also on the end user side, there are uh, uh, important contributions and uh, very big companies uh, that uh, are uh, uh, doing their part in uh, in this context. We have Airbus, for example, with uh, the aircraft design optimization issue that is trying to solve uh, with uh, uh, different vendors' machines, and uh, British Telecom that is uh, experimenting quantum computing, not only for the transmission of uh, secure information, but also for the optimization of uh, the cell phone network, for example. and. Uh, it is uh, BT with other European telecommunication companies like uh, Telecom Italia, Deutsche Telecom, Telefonica, and KPN that is also doing uh, several experimentation on quantum networking that is uh, based on uh, the quantum key distribution technique. That is a technique uh, that is allowed by the possibility to uh, exchange uh, information in a secure way to, to quantum uh, principles. Okay, so the, it's, it's less to do with speed, more to do with security then, the networking piece. Yeah, exactly. You have the possibility here to um, couple the speed also with the security aspect. It is uh, one of the many implications and, and uh, setback effects of uh, quantum computing. Excellent. So... Um... I mean, the, the the picture of where this market is going is pretty clear, but do you think um, that the quantum revolution will be with us soon? And, and I mean, if so, uh, what are your recommendations and suggestions for organizations who are looking to kind of explore it and see what it's all about? Mike, so I think this is a, another very good question, but uh, uh, to answer it, uh, I have to do before two necessary technical premises. And uh, one is about error connection, and one other about the role of quantum computing in uh, uh, for modern technologies. And I'm talking about error corrections because uh, one of the main issues with quantum computer is that they are extremely sensitive to any kind of alterations of their physical conditions. 
and this can actually lead to uh, wrong or even uh, inconsistent result. At the moment, a lot of companies, uh, uh, both big vendors and startups, are working on uh, on this issue. But uh, as far as this problem will not be uh, definitely solved, I think that there will be um, issues that still prevent the commercial use of uh, this technology in modern business environment. On the other hand, the other point that I was mentioning is about the real role of quantum computers, because uh, I really think, but it's not just my, is a, is a common opinion that uh, quantum computing will not totally replace uh, traditional computers because uh, the computing power and speed of these uh, uh, devices will not uh, need 100% of the time a company, for example, is working. But just in very specific situation, traditional uh, computer will ask quantum computer to solve a very advanced problem that cannot be solved in, uh, in any other way. So with these things in mind, I can say that it's better to talk about uh, evolution rather than revolution of computing thanks to quantum principles. Because maybe the concept behind is, uh, from a physical perspective, uh, totally radical. But I think that his implementation and impact on business will uh, uh, likely be incremental. However, we have to say that, uh, of course, the potential of uh, quantum technology is, is impressive, and also the range of applications uh, and the business situation where this technology can, uh, can help uh, are totally unlimited. So the potential is uh, incredible of this technology, I, 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 have, I have to be honest. Said that, I think that my suggestion to IT vendors uh, that are already working in uh, on quantum computing uh, or that are willing to approach uh, this uh, emerging market uh, can be the following. And uh, first of all, uh, about the ecosystem. You have to identify and partner with uh, top research centers uh, and, uh, and university and try really to establish the, the right environment and the right partnership collaboration that can help you in uh, acquiring a knowledge that in many times is uh, extremely complex and extremely rare. In this context, you have also to rely on the help of startups that can fill uh, the small gap on very specific topic that can help you in uh, filling the whole pictures uh, for the research and development uh, um, on the technology. And uh, right about the technology, I think that in general, companies should have a, um, a hardware agnostic approach uh, in terms of application development. This means that they don't have to link uh, the development of their application to a specific technology because uh, the standards and technology are changing very quickly. And so it's better to have a very a more general approach. And so I see, for example, companies providing, uh, uh, let's say, hardware agnostic uh, platform uh, as a real important contributor in, in this context. Absolutely. So um, thank you so much for that brilliant overview. The very last question I have before we wrap up is, um, can you tell us a little bit about what IDC are working on at the moment in the quantum computing area? You mentioned the launch pad. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, uh, actually, all the work that you have seen and that I talk about uh, is uh, is based on uh, the effort uh, of the Euro yeah, DC European Quantum Computing Launchpad that I'm co-leading, and that has been working for two years on all the quantum computing topics. 
for example, a technical taxonomy, the R&D ecosystem and partnership mapping, then vertical and use cases tracking, and finally, also very interesting end user sentiment survey and, uh, and analysis. In particular, I've also to mention the latest effort uh, of, uh, of the launchpad that uh, was done in collaboration with our US colleague, that is the IDC Worldwide Quantum Computing Special Report, that is a, a collection of all the work on quantum computing markets research that was done by the C worldwide so far. And I think that this really can be the key to understand the current situation of quantum computing worldwide and how it will be evolved in the years to come. Fantastic. Well, thank you all very much. And thank you, Stefano, for such a great overview. I feel like I've just had a, a physics degree in 10 minutes. And uh, now, I have a, now I have a full PhD in quantum mechanics. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Miles, for the opportunity. Uh, Thank brilliant. you very much. Um, so uh, to our listeners, if, uh, please do get in touch. If you'd like to offer comments and thoughts, as always, we'd love to hear them. Uh, check us out on uh, Twitter, on LinkedIn, on YouTube. And uh, do stick in uh, to your search engine, IDC UK blog, if you want to have a look through the different um, published blogs that we have. Uh, we usually do at least one every week or so. So uh, please do have a look. Um, and of course, uh, subscribe to our podcast so we get the updates whenever we upload a new one. You can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify or wherever you have new listen to the podcast right now. There should be a subscribe button. Click it. We'd love to have you along. Thank you all very much and see you next time. Bye, nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.